Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Pilots Pandemic Podcast. We are here solo today. Yay, yay. Back on our solo grind. And as we always do at the beginning of the show, we're kind of just going to give you an update on what we've been up to. I don't even think we've spoken about sun and fun at all. No, we haven't. It went by so quickly. I mean, it's like... It was a little blurb. It, it it went by way, 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 way too quickly. But we did have fun. What was your like favorite part about Sun and Fun? Favorite part about Sun and Fun? Mm, I think, okay, so I got to meet, um, well, I had met him before, but one of the people that my dad used to fly with. And then I got to meet another person that I hadn't met before that my dad used to fly with that I had no clue was there. Um, Just met them kind of in passing. So I got to meet two people that knew my dad, spoke to them for a good long while about my dad. So that was definitely a highlight. And then after the fact, the one guy was able to send me a bunch of pictures of my dad on his trips in Rio. And I was like, oh my God, this is like the gift that keeps on giving. So that was definitely my highlight. And also seeing yeah. you. Duh. Duh. <laughs> I, I'm a forethought, second thought. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I really thought that was awesome that you got to connect with those guys just because they got to tell you, didn't they tell you stories like about your dad and stuff and you guys kind of got to reminisce? Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. And it was nice to like some of the stuff that I feel like I'm always telling people like my boyfriend and just people that like you and I'm always telling these stories so to be able to tell them with people that already like knew exactly what I was talking about like they are saying it before I'm even saying it was so refreshing um because when you I don't know if this is like do you ever just kind of feel like you start to like make shit up like after it's been a while since that person has died like and you haven't had that conversation with that person you start to like tell these stories that you know were true but it's like because you haven't heard it from that person in a while you're like I don't know I just feel like an old person telling some old wise tale yeah so like yeah so it was nice to like have conversations with somebody and then be like oh my god yeah I remember that I was there look (laughs) at this picture so you just I don't know it's like kind of a really nice affirmation so yes it was it was lovely yeah I think um that was awesome for you and I love that you got to meet them and connect in that way for me I think my favorite part book this is hard because this year went by so much quicker than last year because we only spent one day instead of two days and it I'm gonna preface this and say like Son of Fun last year was was better than this year 
but I think only because the weather was just so harsh this time that we went and we knew we were only going to spend 24 hours there so it was just so hot and I just felt like we couldn't like get a reprieve from the sun and trying to like hook up with the people that we wanted to meet up with was super difficult because we had no cell service like me and Emma even trying like separated at one point was so difficult for us to even find each other again um so I think that kind of impeded us in finding the people that we would have loved to hook up with from Instagram but we did get to meet up with Lake Captain Morgan, which we love her, fan favorite. And I'm glad that we got to see her. And then we uh, meet Cooper, the pilot, who I've just been connected with on Instagram, but finally got to meet her in real life. And then we got to connect with a guest that we will have later on. We didn't know she was going to be a guest, but somehow she was in the special editions process. So I thought that was kind of crazy. I was like, it was meant to be that we met her. She just was like, oh, you guys are fighting for aeromedical reform? I have a story. Um, So I thought that was really cool to actually like meet someone in real life, like on the fly that is dealing with the medical system. Yeah. But Uh, I definitely had to agree with you on the last year being better than this year. It (laughs) It being so hot on top of like, Oh, it, it humbled me really, really quick. Like I always say, I'm like, I think I can make it without my bone. Like it wouldn't be too bad. Like it would kind of like, it would like being like a kid again or something. Yeah. That shit humbled me so quickly because every single plan that I think you and I both made went right out the window. Like we were supposed to meet all these people and then we get there and I can't even make a phone call. I can't send a text message. Nothing is loading. Nothing is working. It's hot. There's people everywhere. I was like so overstimulated and freaked out. When we left, I was like, God bless. I kept I kept asking Maddie. I was like, are you sure? So you want to leave too, right? Like you want to leave, right? <laughs> yeah. And Maddie was like, yes. And I was like, God, thank God, because I need to get out of here. I think, yeah, we were there from like, earlier in the afternoon like probably like noon or a little bit before until about four or five o'clock and yeah I I was like you want to leave right and I was like yes dude like I you can only spend so much time in that environment before you do get a overwhelmed but also it's just like with the weather you really underestimate how much you can put up with like the first red flag should have been when Emma and I went to the bathroom in the outhouse and literally you have like a timer you can only stand there for like three minutes before you'll probably pass out from the fucking heat because it's a sauna inside the shitter you so. can't even get your clothing back on that was the worst yeah. part was i couldn't I think we lost a pound shirt. yeah like, like we lost a pound in sweat just going to the bathroom <laughs> oh it was so bad and then the minute that they came out with this is how you know i'm i'm such a avid lover of aviation i'm like the minute they brought out that big ass noisy jet that has the fire coming out of the back that they fly in the military i was like get me the out of here right now i'm freaking (laughs) out it's triggering something from my past life it's too loud i was like i i literally i have to go like i became a total wimp this year i was walking around with my fingers in my ears like one of those freaking kooks and then finally somebody just had an extra pair i think it was our soon-to-be guest had an extra pair of earplugs and i was like 
thank you. Oh, nice. You are literally saving my life right now. And I walked around the rest of the time. We were there for another two hours and I wore those the entire time. I don't care. It was too loud. It's too much. <sighs> yeah, definitely. Like as I've aged, my ears like are way more sensitive. Um, So I'm the same. I was like, dude, I can't handle this noise. Next year, I'm bringing my old pair of earplugs that just like wrap around your neck. You can sit them on your neck and then you just like put them in when you need them. I should bring those for us next year. So I will. But yeah, I other than that, I mm. think um, we did pull pull one bold move and went up to the FAA like booth section. Ooh. And Emma was like, are you going to say something? And I was like, yeah, bitch, I'm definitely saying something. <laughs> but I only said one thing because that's all I had the balls for. So I went up to one of the people like, do you have a question? I'm like, no. I don't really have a question. I just kind of have a statement of opinion that your aeromedical system. You said, you said, you said, I don't have a question. I have problems. I have problems. problems. (laughs) Like, oh my God. (laughs) But we did get out of that guy because he said he was a doctor and he said, uh, because didn't we ask him the pointed question? Like, don't you think the aeromedical system needs to be reformed? And he, what did he say? Oh my God. I I really thought he was like, I thought he was about to get mad at us because Maddie asked that like, just very like pointed question. And he looked at us and didn't respond, pause for at least five to 10 seconds. And then goes, well, I'm a physician and I'm a pilot. And then another really long pause. <laughs> and I'm like, what is he going to say? And he's like, he goes, everything needs changed i was like okay okay refreshing not where i thought you were going with that sir like i thought i really thought he was going the opposite direction you know what i mean he just Uh did not seem like he was um riding the same ways with as us uh like yes he seemed like he was gonna say something like along the lines of um you know there's nothing wrong that everything that you see out there online is like misinformation or something like that. It just didn't seem like he was going to say what he said, but it was refreshing. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was going to have Penny G attitude. Yes. Same. That's that's what I thought was going to happen. But after he said that, I was like so flabbergasted that he even would mention like, yeah, the system does need reform that it shut Emma and I up and we're like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. We just what did I say? Away, I was like, I "Thank you for validating us." I think is yeah. what I said. And then we just walked off. I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. I I felt like a like a like a back alley cat. I like <laughs> slunk in there. You know what I mean? I was like, "I am not supposed to be in With here." With claws out, you're like, "Yes, that's exactly what we were doing." So that was like our our highlight of you know just saying something to the FAA but otherwise I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I was like oh my god that was so awesome and I think the only other thing I can think of and because his card is sitting in front of me is going to the David Clark booth and talking to Fernando 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 what is that ABBA song isn't there an ABBA song that's like Fernando maybe I feel like it's it's a really good song if it's the song that I'm thinking of. I'm looking it up. Talk about Fernando for a second. So Emma and I ran into Fernando the year before. 
So our first year we went to Sun and Fun and the reason that we talked to him because Emma has David Clark headset um, from her dad and he loved Emma. He was obsessed with her because she had her baby picture, which you guys can see on her normal Instagram page, her personal M neon icon. She has her headset with like such a little sourpuss face. (laughs) And so she (laughs) showed that to Fernando and he was obsessed. And I think because he has a daughter or two daughters that he's also um, teaching how to fly that he like really just like resonated with Emma and then so we walked past the booth this year because I'm looking for a headset for training and Fernando was there and he remembered us right away he he's just like such a big fan of Emma and I and just so nice um, that I just love that guy so if you guys need a headset go to David Clark ask for Fernando he's a boss he will help you in any way that he can um, he's so just he, oh He's such a king, a sweet, sweet king, tender man, sweet, gentle king. I literally love him. And there is a song called Fernando by ABBA. And if y'all haven't heard that song, please listen to it. It's so good. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? Oh my God. (laughs) Have you never heard that song? I'm going to listen to it when we're done. Somehow I remember it. Like enter that music as we talk about him. I know because it is such a it's literally how I feel about him like it kind of it kind of like has that that beat and that like um that vibe that I feel when I think about like our encounter with him I'm like oh Fernando he just he makes me feel so special and it's like I also I think our daddy issues act up a little bit because he's like he's just so proud of like he doesn't really know what he's proud of but he's just proud yeah, he is. It's so true. Like, because I also had to email him after for the David Clark stickers for us because he didn't have any on hand and I wanted them for Emma and I. And so I emailed him the other day, told him I was taking my first flight lesson. He's like, tell me how it goes. Take a picture in your David Clarks. And I, so I did. I sent it to him. It was just like a little selfie of me and my flight instructor. And it was so funny. He emailed me right back and he goes, what the hell is the other guy wearing? Because the uh, <laughs> guy is wearing like bows and he's like, those are Chinese made. I'm like, oh my God, Fernando. It's like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, I love him. I love him. King, 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 yep. king. Yeah. Well, so is there the last highlight of Sun and Fun for me? Yeah, I know. I was trying to think, is there anything else? But I'm glad you touched on that because like, he definitely that was for sure a highlight um do you want to touch on training at all you've taken a couple flight lessons since we last spoke I've only had my one because I weather and maintenance 100 hour maintenance I was supposed to have a flight lesson yesterday but they had their 100 hour maintenance so I did um and they only have one plane right now so my training is really slow because they have a lot of students and they have only one Cessna so like for me training has been hard to get done because of that but they said there will be more planes coming online in the next month and a half or so but I did a ground lesson yesterday and he just did a pattern work like showing me you know base to final and like power settings for when you're on certain legs Mm -hmm. and configuration and stuff so I have to memorize that and I don't know what else we talked about. I think we, um, 
like I said, for my first lesson, I don't know if I talked about my first lesson last time, but bro, my taxing needs work, but everyone's like, oh, you'll get better at that. So otherwise my turns and then doing um, maintaining altitude and descending and maintaining altitude was pretty good. Nice work, mama. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, no, you'll get better at taxiing. That's just like, it's so fucking weird steering. You're steering with your feet. Like it's, it's a bizarre concept. Um, but like, once you start to figure it out, it's like, yeah, it's just one of those things. You'll get it. You'll get it shoddy, but you need to just, um, you'll pry. I mean, honestly, when I started to figure that out was when we started doing pattern work. So when you're just like taking off, coming back down, landing, taking off, coming back down, landing, because those taxi backs is a really, really good time to learn. So you'll get it. I mean, honestly, it'll probably take you like one lesson. (laughs) We'll see. I'm always like, I know it'll click at some point. I just, that was like me, like figuring out how to taxi was so difficult. I was like sweating, dude. Like, and then (laughs) then when we were flying, didn't have any issues. I was not sweating like I was on the ground. I'm like, and so my instructor's like, I think it's hilarious that like, the hardest part was you on the ground. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love my, one of my, both of my flight schools, don't ride the brakes. Don't ride the brakes. And you're like, bitch. <laughs> All I wanted there was to was ride the brakes. Ride the brakes. Taxing. I'm like, can we go Literally. slower? That's the, the funniest part though, is I'm like, I'm going too fast. And then you pull power back and then the fucking plane won't go. Yeah. Like, Hey, I guess I'm going 45 or zero. We had at the little airport that I used to, that I did most of my training out of, um, in Lewisburg, they, there was like a hill on, um, I forget. It was like going one direction. You kind of had like a slight hill going down and every single time, even with the power fully out, like you were kind of like booking it down this little hill (laughs) and it, the more you get confident, like the funner it got. And then you, you get to the point where you can taxi with so much power in and you'll look back and you'll be like, God damn, like, how am I able to do this? And you really start to impress yourself. So I don't know. That's the one thing I love that about flying. It's like all these new things that you never, ever thought you could do. That seems so challenging. And then like it's six months later, you're like doing it with ease and you're doing it even better than you thought you could and it just makes you feel so good but anyways all right we'll get into this episode that was me living vicariously through maddie um love it like i feel like a proud mom uh you can't give up (laughs) i'll keep going mama (laughs) okay well as we said at the top of the show we're solo so as always, that means that we're going to be talking about aviation news. So our topics of conversation this year are going to be, so last year we had a pilot shortage. This year it's ATC shortages. Um, There was a recent article in the NGPA Contrails Mag that shared that women are leaving the industry because of the culture. And then we have another Southwest meltdown. So that's what we're going to be covering today. So we're going to start with ATC. And Maddie, you're going to have to remind me. Condé Nast. To me, this is reading Condé Nast. Yeah. Condé Nast. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So this article says, quote, last summer, pilot shortages were blamed for flight disruptions across the country. This year, it could be from a lack of air traffic controllers. But this time around, the FAA is getting ahead of the issue, giving airlines the chance to adjust their schedules before passengers are affected. Airlines have been given the opportunity to scale back on slot usage requirements from May 15th to September 15th at the worst impacted airports. The three NYC airports plus Washington, Washington Reagan National Airport, Reagan, Reagan mm-hmm. National Airport. Um, so it says airlines are grateful for the heads up and each is taking its own approach to the situation. So kind of curious if you want to read on we'll figure out what they're gonna do about that i just think like they're like the airlines are like probably reducing schedule but i'm still thinking there's gonna be some issues this with spring travel and summer travel like i'm just guessing that's gonna happen because when do airlines ever like do what's right So (laughs) moving on, the article continues to say United has taken the most action so far, reducing daily schedules at LaGuardia. The nine daily departures to Dulles will shrink to six. Newark peak daily departures will go from 438 to 408 in Washington, D.C.'s Reagan. The 18 daily departures to Newark will go down to 10 airports. In many cases, we'll replace the frequencies with larger aircraft to minimize the disruption to our customers' travel plans, the Chicago-based airline says. And then it goes on to say, despite the reductions, the airline will actually fly 5% more seats out of those three airports than they did in the summer of 2019. So they anticipate the changes to affect less than 2% of the customers at those airports, with most of them still getting to their destinations within two hours of their original times. So, you know, they're still, passengers are still going to be affected. Um, But I think the big thing that I wanted to note on this, because it's not really giving us any like safety cues to care about, um, is that we have a pilot shortage and we have an air traffic control shortage. So those two things mean that there's not as much leadership in those two areas. And we've kind of been seeing the repercussions of those those shortages because of all of the uh, runway incursions and then even incidents midair, almost near misses in air from airlines. And I think that has to do with the shortages Um, so I think that's just something to think about as an airline pilot, knowing that air traffic control has a shortage, both the pilot and air traffic controllers are stressed to the max. And so it's just kind of like that Swiss cheese effect. I said the Swiss cheese is Swissin' because (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen. Like if there is going to be any safety issues or it's just kind of like a concern for me right now. Yeah, no, last year was baby Swiss. This year's adult Swiss cheese. <laughs> yes. Like regular Swiss. What's that other ra- raclette? The, raclette? Like, I, think, I think that's like another Swiss cheese that's like super creamy and it can't even stay on a substance. So it's just like imagine like a cheese that is so much a whole that it can't even, it it wouldn't even be able to stay on the toast. <laughs> So it's not cheese. <laughs> watch it. Watch ra- raclette. Watch that's A, probably not even how you say it, and B, it's probably like a French cheese or something, but I swear it's a Swiss cheese. 
You know I'm looking this shit up right now. <laughs> She's like, what's wrong? <laughs> I need to know. Oh my god. No, but yeah, I I'm kind of glad that you pointed that out because like you said, that article really doesn't talk about any like safety stuff. But the one thing that we really don't want to be like, yeah, Swissing is our air traffic control. Um I think the combination of that and that together is a little bit scary to think about, but at least this year, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It sounds like they're at least trying to get ahead of that curve so that we don't have like a complete catastrophe situation. But the reason they're doing that too, is just because um, Congress has been getting after them for all the bullshit they've been pulling. The So is right. Did you look up Raclette? Jeez, I did. It it's, okay, so it is like a Swiss-based dish. Okay. So it says this. Raclette, French, which Emma, you've ta- taught me something new. I didn't even know what the fuck raclette was, is a Swiss dish also popular popular in the other Alpine countries based on heating cheese and scraping off the melted part. And then it's typically served with boiled potatoes. Yeah. That when I've had it before, though, the cheese kind of like it's like when you put hot fudge on ice cream, how the hot fudge kind of just like runs off and it goes to the bottom of the bowl. That's yeah. what happens when you scrape it down over. Okay. Well, yeah. So it's like one big like. hole. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like literally coming up with the most far fetched analogy I could think of. <laughs> I'm just like, I know something about cheese. Now we all know about raclette. We learned something new. Oh my god. Okay. Moving on to our Southwest meltdown 2.0 situation that happened. Was this actually today's date is what 419? Did this happen actually yesterday? I'm pretty sure it happened yesterday or the day before. I think it was yesterday though, because I think I woke up and just it was like Southwest had another tech meltdown. I'm like, oh my god, send me the article. Okay. So I think it was yesterday. It was either yesterday or the day before, but literally just happened. Recent. All right. So CNN reports, quote, a nationwide ground stop affecting Southwest Airlines flights was lifted Tuesday morning after the carrier said it had experienced issues. Southwest said in a statement that that it had resumed operations after temporarily pausing flight activity to, quote, work through data connection issues resulting from a firewall failure, end quote. So early this morning, a vendor supplied firewall went down and connection to some operational data was unexpectedly lost, the company said. Southwest teams worked quickly to minimize flight disruptions. So it's like, like what firewall, like what are you purchasing? Like, like what kind of what are they not purchasing like (laughs) what kind of software are you using like come on like i together guys i don't know it's like what what do you even say like it's like okay like literally literally get it get it the fuck together it's like that's just southwest was like like lauded to be like such this awesome airline to go and fly for and i feel like now it's just kind of gone down the shitter honestly like all these things that are happening at southwest seems like it's really just like degraded the culture and now it's like do you even want to fly on southwest and that used to be a fun airline to go on i'm sure it still retains some of its culture and but i just feel like if they keep fucking up 
and canceling flights and fucking with passengers, nobody's going to want to fly on them. Um, but I wanted to read the the second part of that article. It says Santoro, a captain at Southwest, said Southwest remains unique among airlines for having outdated technology, especially its 23-year-old Swift routing software program, which he said must be rebooted every night. It's old. I don't think anyone has anything like it, said Santoro, who is helping negotiate a new contract for Southwest pilots. To Southwest's benefit, they're working on a replacement, but it takes time to build and it's not built yet. Santoro warned that Tuesday's issues could hint at another summer travel season beset by disruptions, adding that Southwest pilots are likely to vote in favor of a strike authorization next month, the final step before a full-blown strike occurs. So, I mean... It kind of just sucks to work for Southwest right now, I think, because obviously, like, their technology is so shitty. They keep having these major flight disruptions. Um, Crews are getting displaced. Nobody knows what's going on. I think that, um, you know, it's just not the greatest place to work for, but hopefully they they figure it out. I think, like Santora quoted, like, they're working on a replacement, but just like the FAA says they're going to update shit, like, it's going to take a while. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just like you said too like it is kind of crazy they've had this huge just fall from grace um they used to be like goaded I feel like yeah yeah even even as far as like even like passenger reputation rep I I can't even speak reputation (laughs) why why do I keep saying rep reputation I'm like reputation I'm like could not figure out what that one letter I was missing was their reputation passenger wise like people used to love to fly on southwest so I don't know I'm like damn but yeah hopefully I don't know I feel like they'll get back but it's just like having it such a big double whammy back to back like they've had a really shitty past two years so yeah sucks for them but I, I mean, see like, like asking like, oh, you know, because I'm all part of these pilot wife groups, like a lot of women are like, oh, like, do you think my partner should fly for United, Delta or Southwest? Anytime Southwest is included, I'm like, I, in the past, I'd be like, go to Southwest, they got great culture, like they'll take care of you because that's all I ever hear from the pilots that I'm friends with that work there. And then since this has been happening with the the technology issues and just having a different person be the leader, it now I'm like, I wouldn't fly for Southwest. Mm. It's like a yeah. total 360 from what I what I used to think, which is weird. It's strange. And speaking of the culture, so we're gonna move on to our next article. It says so. NGPA's spring 2023 contrails issue um, came out highlighting that women in aviation are leaving because of the, quote, culture. I'm kind of excited to get into this one because this, to me, was not like, I don't know, it was shocking. It wasn't shocking in the sense that I feel like you and I talk about this all the time, like culture. And um. I guess, and obviously looking back at some of your comment sections, not a lot of people love to have that conversation. So I was kind of stoked to see something come out about this, but I didn't realize that it was that big of a deal that like, you know, that they're writing like articles about it and stuff. So I don't know. I am going to read this for you. So it says, Another significant event last year was the release of the Women in Aviation International Advisory Board report, 
break in it says the the title of that is breaking barriers in aviation for women flight plan for the future interesting title mm-hmm. says quote the report examines why women are still underrepresented in aviation despite an increase of per- participation in the workforce. Though the board cites multiple barriers, the greatest deterrent turns out to be aviation culture itself. The current culture, the advisory board states, is one where women don't feel they belong. Changing culture requires consistent leadership commitment over time and thousands of large and small actions across the government and industry, says the W. IAAB chair, Dr. Heather Wilson. So I don't know. I I can't really comment on what it's like to be a part of the airline industry, but I can tell you like, it still kind of sucks being a woman in aviation. Like there is just part of this like little tinge of like everything that you say, you kind of feel like is going to be picked apart and looked at underneath a microscope and like, God forbid you say anything wrong because you're going to be told you're wrong immediately. There is kind of that culture. And I've seen that like through social media and stuff, but I can't really speak to what the experience is like at the airlines. But if I'm getting that vibe, like through social media, I can't imagine what it is like at the airline level. Yeah. I think I was going to expand on that, like what you said, because I think it's really interesting. Being a woman in aviation, you're just getting into it. Like there's not a lot of females in aviation, so you're still dominated by the male culture. But I feel like they want you to be something. But if you're too much of one thing, then they think you're extra. So like you can't be overly confident, but you can't be underconfident you can't be too sexy, but you can't be not sexy. Like, it's just weird to be a woman in aviation because at some point someone is going to pinpoint something they don't like about you and pick it apart, whereas a man would get away with that in a heartbeat. So, um, like, let's just use me as an example just on social media since I'm not in the airline industry, but I was in a skirt doing an Instagram video advocating for mental health reform and some male aviators sent me a dm saying like that i'm a slut and i shouldn't be wearing that and that's a disgrace to john hauser and his family even though we are very close to ann hauser and she's basically like a mother to us which was the funniest (laughs) part i'm like you know it's so crazy how out of touch and how like people will literally just say fucking anything without thinking because little did they know, like you're literally sitting there wearing a necklace that Anne gave to you. It's like, like, what the fuck? So that's the thing. I'm like, you can't, like, there's not really, we have to make our own pathway in aviation as women. And I think that can be really difficult because all eyes are on us and I think it's also hard for men and I won't say all men because like obviously I have a great husband and he's all about equality but I think it can be difficult for them to have a woman be in command of an airplane and and be the person that everybody looks to I don't know what it is it's just 
I understand that there is an issue in the culture. And, and I think it just, yeah, comes back down to like how, what is expected of us. But then once we meet those expectations, how men see us in a different light, I guess. And they're going to nitpick us in any way that they can. Mm. Uh, well, it's just like you said in the beginning, like you can't be one thing without, like you can't be two things at the same time. It's like, you can't care about mental health and posting things about suicide awareness and also post a picture of yourself at the gym like that is the rhetoric yeah I'm like what yeah. the okay okay all right whatever the it's just it's 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 really dumb there's just yeah. really no other way to put that it's just very very dumb and I wish this conversation is getting a little bit frustrating for me so we're gonna have to move on because <laughs> I'm about to start like name calling because yeah. this is like an issue especially it seems like within some of our circles on social media. But I'm like, if it's on social media, it's definitely happening happening within the industry. And the other thing that I think about is like, I don't know, it is a really, really cool thing to say you're a pilot and to be a pilot and then to be an airline pilot. That's just such a like, again, I've used this word twice now, but goaded. It's like a very, very cool thing. Then to be a woman and be a pilot, to be an airline pilot it's even more badass. It's like, wow, you've really had to work your ass off. And I feel like there's an element to that, that like almost makes men jealous because even though it's like, yes, we all have to pass the same tests and stuff. I feel like we're getting this, um, this spotlight that they aren't, I don't know. I feel like there's almost like a jealousy there, but well, at the same time, it's like, question though, like for you, hmm. because I think it's interesting. Like I have, I think it's amazing that pilots are pilots, that there's airline pilots, but for some reason, a female airline pilot is a million times cooler to me than a male airline pilot. And I feel like maybe a male airline pilot is a little jealous of the female airline pilot because they're taking other female, the female gaze off of them. And it's like being projected onto the female. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, is it that? No, that's what exactly it? that. It was, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. And that's why I need you because you're so much more eloquently spoken, but that's exactly the point that I was trying to make. I think there is a little bit of that. Like you look back throughout time and it used to be like, little girl looking up to her dad and like her dad being in these like positions of power and it's like the man is always so like in control and he's like you're superman you know what i mean now it's the opposite where little girls are looking up to adult women who are in the same positions that they used to not be able to hold 40 20 50 years ago whatever it is and they're looking up to those women now and idolizing those women and the spotlight goes away so i feel like that shift there definitely has to be like a jealousy there but at the same time it's like you're still a fucking airline pilot you're still cool like people are still looking at you when you are are walking through the terminal your friends are still talking about you and every and bringing you up in every single conversation there your friends are still every single time you walk into the room your friends are going to be like oh this my friend he's an airline pilot like you're still cool you know what i mean yeah. like it yeah. doesn't take away any the any of the validity of you being cool and yeah. how much you've accomplished and how awesome your career is but it's just 
I don't know. Like they're like so used to the spotlight being on them that it kind of reminds me of this quote. I think Chelsea Handler said it, but like, you know, like just because your candles lit, like doesn't mean you have to like dim other people's flame. And I feel like that's how male airline pilots are. Like when they feel like their flame is like flick, not as bright and it's not attracting as many, let's say like bugs and someone else's flame is a little brighter. Like they, they don't know what to do because they're so used to getting and attracting all this spotlight onto themselves. Um, and I kind of even see that and I don't want to call my husband out, but it, it doesn't have to do with females, but it was so funny to see, to bring him to sun and fun because it's all about general aviation and it has, nobody cares about airline pilots and he didn't have the spotlight on him the whole time. And it was so funny because Em and I are talking about GA stuff. And then, and then Jesse has his iPad, pulls up his pictures in the cockpit and, and flashes it to Em and I. And it's like, but look at, look at my office. And I was like, Jess, Jesus Christ, you get the spotlight all the time. Literally any conversation we have, like with our friends, family, everybody asks Jesse, like, where are you flying? What are you doing? Da, 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 da. It's all about Jesse all the time. So like, it was so funny to see in that moment, like him not getting attention. He's so used to it. He doesn't even realize like he's trying to vie for some attention. So I think that that definitely comes into play for male airline pilots is like, they kind of feel like the attention is not centered on them anymore. And I think that the jealousy kind of comes in and it can come in in a little bit of rude ways. Yeah. I also think another, and I have heard people say this is I think there is some kind of thought process that there are males out there that for some reason believe that women just because they're women are given certain opportunities or better opportunities or the pathway for them because they're a minority or considered a minority their path has been easier um that's just not fucking true like get over yourself like (laughs) i did have that's just not true (laughs) reminds me of this pat this was like a few years ago guys uh god i think this was probably three or four years ago now and I think I told this story when uh, that this is when my husband was a first officer flying with a captain who drank too much on an overnight, but before he he was got in trouble for for drinking and all of that, I had talked to him for a little bit because my husband was like, oh, he's he's easy to talk to, and I was like, okay, I'll I'll see. So I asked him, I'm like, well, I literally straight up was like, don't you think it was a little harder for women to get to where you are? And he said, no, I've worked for everything I earned. And it was even harder for me to get here. And just like not understanding like the times that we live in for one. Um, But I think he is representative of a lot of the captains at airlines right now. It's like kind of a generational thing. And I think once those pilots retire out, that culture will start to change and be more positive and supportive of women in aviation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This conversation, though, does make me feel blessed because I feel like for the most part, like, I don't know. I I grew up with a dad who is like, I don't know. This is going to sound awful, but he's not even here. So who cares? Every single time the conversation of me being a flight attendant got brought up, my dad, it 
actually angered my father because my father was like, you could do whatever you want. You could be, and this is my dad. Like, I'm not saying this about me. This is my father speaking, but the, uh, this is how I grew up, that I could do anything that I wanted, that I could be America's next top model. And I could also go fly C-17s for the Air Force or fly fighter jets, or I could do literally anything I wanted. If I wanted to fucking be an astronaut, my dad told me that I could be an astronaut. So I just, it's, I feel very blessed that I grew up in a house and surrounded by a man and had a strong male figure in my life who like instilled this, like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Um, But a lot of people don't grow up surrounded by people like that. Um, And I'm also particularly lucky when it came to a lot of my flight instructors my first, my first flight instructor that I um, flew with a lot, he had a shit ton of sisters. He was like the only boy out of five girls. So of course he's like, he is team girl. So I've always had these very, very supportive male figures throughout like my aviation journey. But I know for a lot of people, and we have spoke to females, um, who that that is just not the situation so i can't really again i you know i can't necessarily speak to like an airline a female airlines pilot's experience or necessarily the experience that we're talking about because for the most part my experience has been good but i know it's out there and i know it exists i've seen it firsthand and other people have told us these stories so it is happening and because i just and i just want to make that known because i think there is going to be some people out there listening that are going to be like y'all are being dramatic like it's it well, oh, also, i don't see that like oh, the culture's cool yeah. like everyone's super chill to girls like everyone's lifting up females right now like da, 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 da. but there's a lot that you don't see well obviously the culture is shaped in a way where women are reporting that there's an issue so yeah it's not just us saying it and i'm not Dude, I got brothers. I don't got any sisters. So I actually get along with men really well. I love, um, I've had all male coaches. So obviously I've learned a lot from men myself, but just commenting on the culture, like I know that it's there. My husband's flown with female pilots who have told him like, yes, there is a problem with culture in the airlines. And we don't get to talk to female airline pilots a lot. Typically when we talk to them, they kind of play it down because I feel like they have to. And so it's kind of refreshing to read an article that shares this because for you and I, Emma, like, I feel like we've asked this question and people are like, no, I've never faced that before. And I'm like, honestly i'm surprised um and me and a lot of the i don't know sorry to cut you off but i think there is a lot of stuff that people will tell us when we're not recording that they won't say yeah i think so too and i mean i've worked in the airline industry as a ramper customer service agent i never had any issues with the culture but i feel like it's very different when it's just two people in the cockpit and and like you said, like we've heard a few stories where weird shit has happened in the cockpit with the female male crew. Um, so I don't know. I think it's there. And if you're not seeing it, it doesn't mean it's not happening. Um, and then if you are a male listening to this, like just know when you're flying with females, they may have had something happen to them. And so if they are a little tight lipped or very stern or not very open, like 
just respect them and their space and who they are and don't um, judge them for being a bitch because I feel like that is definitely a title that women get if we are serious and confident and very like strict and organized in our flying, um, which men don't get that denotation like, oh, that you're a bitch if you are that way. So and I think that women care about that. Like they don't want their reputation to be that. But, you know, if you've been traumatized in the cockpit by another male pilot, like I feel like that's just how you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. All valid. Everyone's experience, again, is valid. I know, like, you know, everyone has their own hurdles and bullshit that they have to go through. But I definitely yeah. think there is still like, misogyny that exists in aviation even though there is a lot happening to bring just like that article said there is so much representation there we're really trying hard but it's gonna i feel like it takes years you know what i mean it's been a hundred years of just men in this male culture it's gonna take probably another hundred years to unwrite that yeah um so i just move on because ng NGPA kind of wants to change the culture, obviously. So they they wrap it up and they say the most ubiquitous action we can take part in is making women feel that they belong. For non-women identifying members, this is as easy as using inclusive language and actions at work and around prospective new aviators. For women identifying members, this ability is invaluable. Attending in history events, joining your company or airline's recruitment team, and mentoring young people through alumni association or national organizations are a few ways we can pave the way for women in aviation professionals to find belonging in a new career. And they go on to say, I implore members who serve in their company, union, or leadership to be part of the change needed from the industry to change the culture. Advocate for issues affecting your women-identifying colleagues. Take on policy bias against women and find out how women feel and what issues affecting their work are overlooked. Um, and I think one big way that we push for women in a aviation is through air medical reform, because I think we're opening the door for more women to want to become an airline pilot, knowing that they're not under an umbrella of stigma that coerces them to have an aversion to care seeking. So I think that's the best way we can do things. I think that envelopes more than just women, honestly, fighting for aeromedical reform because we're opening up the door for more people to come in and not feel like there is this bias against mental health and aviation. Um, and that's the way that that we're supporting women in aviation. Yeah, for sure. Another big thing to think about is like women's health and there needs to be, I feel like we need more verbiage around women's health and there needs to be more understanding on women's health because we know that if you go and you get, okay, say you get pregnant, you go through your pregnancy, you have your child, there's a chance that you might experience like postpartum depression um and other health like complications so if you experience postpartum depression and you want to seek treatment for that you could potentially lose your medical so there's just like little things like that that are really kind of fucked up um so yeah anyways we need to move on because i'm starting to just like i feel like i get to a point where i just sound dumb <laughs> no we may say she said thing no. over and over <laughs> Me and Emma just like to repeat what we said in different ways. Yep, literally. <laughs> it's, like, it's like being a CFI. You teach it. I feel like it's like King School's dude where they teach the principal, they say it three different ways, and then you answer the question at the end. 
I feel like though it is good because you might say something the first time and a person listening might not understand the concept but I feel like reiterating it and giving it different verbiage and new examples are always good for yeah painting a little bit of a picture but all right we're gonna move on wrap up obviously we're gonna do some fun questions so I'll let you start Maddie um I'm gonna ask you because I feel like I never really asked them before and for some reason I want to ask them what is your favorite beach and why and I feel like I know what you're gonna say you probably do bitch (laughs) we talk every day uh so my favorite beach and the only reason this is my favorite beach is because um I've had like a little reception for my friend at this beach when she passed away uh gosh this is 2019 one of my very best friends in the world passed away from fentanyl overdose and I couldn't go to her funeral because we literally were leaving like two days after she passed away and I didn't want to end my vacation because one of my friends her favorite thing to do was like go on vacation go to beach destinations any place sunny she loved and I was like she would really hate if I like canceled my whole vacation to go to her funeral and I kind of I've been to so many funerals and seen dead bodies. It doesn't do much for me. So I was like, I'm just going to have my own little ceremony at this beach that I'm going to vacation on. So I did. Um, The day of her funeral, I went to this beach on the island of Crete in Greece. It's called Red Beach. And it's a nude beach. Uh, which my friend Erica, she would be like so into going to a nude beach. So um, I took a picture of us that I had taken a while ago and I printed it out. And then along the way, I was like, I'm going to find 15 different flowers because me and my friend were both born on the 15th of the month. So she was born on May 15th and I was born on November 15th. So we're exactly six months apart. And, uh, that was kind of like how we became friends. We both learned like, oh my God, our birthdays are like on the 15th day and in astrology, we like go together. So that's how we became friends. So I was like, okay, I'm going to incorporate the 15 aspects. I got 15 different flowers on the way to the speech. It takes two, like two hours from where we were staying in our Airbnb to get there. And I got the 15 flowers, bond them all up, hiked down to the speech because you got to hike over this huge mountain to get there. It takes about 20 minutes. And then we had this whole ceremony and I did it right by this like rock that had a major like like huge heart like carved into it and I was like this is perfect so now when I go to that beach I always remember what we did and we get you can get mojitos at this beach they have this shack that this guy he says he makes the best mojitos in the world (laughs) and so we buy one for Erica and then me and Jesse have one and we cheers to her when we go. Um, so that's our that's our favorite beach. It's both me and my husband's. I knew you were going to I first I knew you were going to say Crete, but I didn't expect there to be like a sentimental story behind there. But yeah, damn, girl, you almost <laughs> have me tearing up. Funny because <laughs> I like I literally was going to say Hatteras for mine, which is like the beach that I grew up going to um, in the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Really gorgeous beach, but sentimental because, again, sentimental. You and I are both very sentimental, but I have to say you very much impressed me when you said the thing about the 15 and the 15 flowers. I was like, 
bro, you and your numbers and like the sentiment, I'm like, yeah. Oh, if, <laughs> if, if I was like, if you were a man, I would, I would have you wife me up so quick. I was like, ah, damn, like you would be a really good boyfriend. Yeah, I know. Um, I try. <laughs> but yeah, mine's got to be Hatteras. It's sentimental to me just because my, it's my dad's favorite beach. Um, Used to go there all the time growing up. And it just, now whenever I go, it just really, really reminds me of my dad. It's almost like there's like a little part of him that lives there because going there, it's, very strange there's like this energy about being there and then whenever I leave it's like extremely hard to leave um I just feel like sick like for a whole day I just do not feel good whenever I leave um but yeah no whenever I'm there just it really reminds me of him again grew up going there we went there like lord knows we would go there at least 10 10 times a year I feel like and that isn't even a lot um but I think that was one, of, and that was even one of the last vacations that we took with him. We were there for like a week before he died. So I think that's another reason why it's very sentimental because it's like one of those last memories that I have. Yeah, and also reminds like when you said it's hard to leave Jesse for some reason that Red Beach that we always go to and create like almost every time we leave he's like on the verge of tears. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't want to go he's like I just love this speech I'm like dude I've never had a place like affect someone that much but for Jesse it's like that's his personal heaven he says yeah Um, I feel that that's how that's how I feel when I'm in Hatteras it's just like I don't know it's like for some reason I go there and it's a I can't even explain it without sounding crazy. It's just a vibe that is there that persists that like when I'm there I think I've been going there for so long that it's like my body just, it's like a reset. Um, And then leaving is just, I don't know. It like tears me up every single time. Um, I literally will cry the entire drive. It's sad. It's really, really bad, but I could definitely live there. Um, I feel like, I feel like my heart would be happy there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on to our second question. Pool, ocean, or lake? Lake. For sure. I know you're going to say that. I just, okay. So I, I love honestly all bodies of water. I don't really care if there's a pool, I'm using it. If I'm by the ocean, I'll swim. But growing up on a lake, growing up on one of the cleanest lakes has made me into a water schnob for one and a lake schnob for two. And I just, freshwater, like I'm not thinking about sharks coming to eat me or any or jellyfish maybe stinging me like I don't have that same like awareness of what the fuck is underneath me as I am in the ocean and because Lake Chelan is so clear you you could see everything beneath you so you don't really I don't really worry um whereas in the ocean like bro when we were swimming in the was it the Atlantic where you're at (laughs) I was like if something touches my leg I might fucking flip out so and then also just all those goddamn shark attacks in North Carolina I'm like we don't got we don't have shark attacks here it's too cold so you don't have to really worry about that on the ocean here but it's just like the Pacific Ocean here I I don't swim in that until it's like 95 degrees here like I'm not so cold so yeah no if I have to pick it's like 
again, I'm the same as you. If there's a body of water, I'm swimming in it. Um, but God, I've been really loving my pool. I'm not gonna choose the pool over like ocean or lake, but <laughs> I do have to say, like, I grew up on a sound, which is kind of similar to a lake, but not because it's like it it's it's connected to like the ocean and stuff. Um but I grew up on a sound, so it's like brackish water. It's half fresh, half salt water. And I don't know. I loved it. It's kind of like a similar vibe as like a lake, sandy bottoms. The water obviously isn't as clear as like Lake Chelan, where you're from. Um, But I grew up on water like that. And I really enjoy that water because it's not like, again, you don't have to worry about like sharks or anything like that. The water isn't going to be like super salty where it irritates your skin. Like you can get in and get out and like put on sunscreen. It doesn't burn. Um, but it's like a sandy bottom. You can see through the water. You can still catch really pretty fish. There's crabs. Um, you can catch crabs. I like that kind of water. Uh, like whenever I go to the beach mm, in the Outer Banks, I always like going to the sound side because it's just calmer. I don't know. Like, I kind of like the water where there's, like, sand, but it's kind of like a baby pool. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like. Yeah. I literally just want to float. I, I don't like the chaos of the ocean, but I do love the ocean on a very calm day. What about, like, a river float? I don't, I don't like do rivers. That? I really no? don't like rivers. There's something about the rocks and, like, the fact that river life freaks me out not being have in you, a river you never done uh like a river float i have and we have really really pretty rivers um in north carolina like up in the mountains there's one called linville gorge which is so much freaking fun um and i've been there a couple of times and it's super pretty like very clear water but it's just like the wildlife that hangs out in creeks like it's like very snaky and there's always leeches and i don't uh... like that kind of stuff the rivers here don't have that because you're not in the south. Um, oh, we got we got snakes so, and leeches. I don't like a leech. No leeches here, and I not. Oh, actually, there are snakes. Got gut issues? Cause Emma and I sure do. I have an issue with high sugar foods and anything with added preservatives and Emma has a whole ass gluten intolerance. So we struggle with finding tasty treats, but thank the heavens for Abby Nola because it has been a lifesaver when we want a sweet treat fix without all the gut bombs that high gluten foods like cookies and cakes give us. Abby Nola has a chocolate granola that is made with lupini beans, so it's gluten-free and only has one gram of sugar, leaving our sweet tooth satisfied and our tummies feeling perfectly fine. You guys, you can head over to abby-foods.com or the Instagram account at abby-foods-co for your granola fix turned tasty treat fix. You'll also find all kinds of recipes to try out, so you'll get never get bored with Avinola. Use code PILOTSPANDEMIC for 15% off your order of Avinola. We floated it. I didn't see any snakes, but my friend did. So there are snakes. If I saw a snake, I probably would never float the river again, but I think they only come out when it's really warm outside. So 
I fucking hate snakes. <laughs> I'm not a big fan either. Uh, okay, last uh, question. Pick your poison. Cliff jumping, tubing, or rope swing? I will pick cliff jumping. Okay. Wow. First off, wow. Um, is it like, do you mean like river tubing or like tubing behind a boat? Behind a boat where they fucking rip oh, you around yeah. and okay, throw you yes. off. Tubing behind um, a boat. Grew up okay. doing that. I fucking love tubing. Tubing is so much tubing, fun. But dude, it depends on who you get. Like my friend's dad's like would just rail us against the water. Like we would hurt ourselves so bad. And I think it's awesome. Obviously I was laughing my ass off too, but it would just hurt. And now that I think of it, like I'm just old now. So I'm like, I don't think I could do that anymore. Yeah. What is it with like you always have one some person like okay there's always one girl in the group that has a dad that whenever they drive you on the tube they literally it's like they want to fucking murder you yeah their goal is like to annihilate you yes literally (laughs) i had a friend whose dad was actually just ape shit he would just go crazy (laughs) every single time he would tube with us and we were like little kids there was one time we both flew off and I was going so fast that when I hit the water, I kind of like, Bounced. when I hit it, <laughs> I was like, a, it was like, I basically, the water was like concrete. I was rolling over it. Yeah. You're like, like a skipping rock, basically. Exactly. No. And it, after I never, ever went tubing with her ever freaking again, I was like, I'm sorry, but your dad's crazy my dad would never my daddy (laughs) loves me and my daddy would not do that to me you know what's so funny though is that now I'm on the other end so like now it's like me driving the boat and so I'm like okay who's ever getting on the tube we're like whipping them off so the last time I went tubing was with Jesse this was like four or five years ago now rented a boat and I, I Jesse had never really done a lot of tubing he didn't grow up on the water and so I was like you got to do it and so we're like whipping him around in figure eights trying to get him to come off and he just won't let go and my husband (laughs) like when you challenge him to something he's super competitive especially with me and he just won't let go and finally his tube flips and he's still holding on like dragging through the water and he won't fucking let go of his tube I'm like, oh my God. And he finally lets go. And he, we went back around, go get him. And he's pissed. And I'm like, what's the issue? And he's like, my finger. And he broke his fucking pinky because he wouldn't let go of the tube. And that's the last time. That's the last time he'll ever go tubing with me. And he blames me for it. He's like, it's your fault. I broke my pinky. Oh my god, the drama. I was just about to say, I I don't feel like that's something that I feel like he would like. <laughs> that just no. doesn't seem like his cup of tea. He's not huge on like adrenaline. Like he loves skydiving, but like water adrenaline sports, like not his cup of tea, really. Well, I don't blame him. Sometimes it's too intense. And I will say, if there's one motherfucker that I would never let drive the boat while I'm on the tube, it's you. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> it's you. I mean, oh. now that I start to think about that, I'm like, oh, God, you're just asking for it. Like, honestly, Jesse, like, BFFR, be, be so fucking for real. That's your fault. You know your wife. 
and you know exactly what she's gonna do he should have known better than that <laughs> he should have put the thumbs down you know when you're like because t- like there's yeah. signals and you're on two thumbs down for slow down thumbs up for speed up i told him that i was like why don't you thumbs down he's like well, i didn't know so, <laughs> never go to him with me again <laughs> yeah i always get like really bad um like it's almost like a rug burn whenever i go because yeah. you're like scraping across it now that i remember it's like it is kind of intense but i think that all is these things are kind of intense like cliff jumping or bridge jumping for me because i usually jump from bridges you can hurt yourself pretty good doing that too oh yeah so. for sure I feel like you could definitely hurt yourself on a rope swing. I have let go. hurt myself doing that yet, but like it, in due time, I probably will injure myself doing a rope swing. I feel like I'm always hurting myself in some fashion. I feel like my worst fear is if I was on a rope swing and for some reason, if I didn't let go or if I got tangled up in it and then like it swings back and then you get hit up against the tree or like, drug against the ground i always see videos like that yeah but okay that's it for this week um (laughs) sorry towards the end here i've really just been like at a loss of words short circuiting kind of like having a little bit of acid reflux really all the things yeah no well i've been drinking coffee so i've been having really bad acid reflux and i swear to god it's coffee that's the only thing that I can think that it is because the only times that it, it it starts up, it's like the minute that I start drinking coffee, I get acid reflux. It's like the acidity or something of the yeah. coffee. You must have like an allergy because the only thing that gives me acid reflux is like IPAs, like beers. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Anything like that will give me acid, like a seltzer will give me bad acid reflux, but can we move oh. on from our acid reflux problems to me reading one of our reviews before we leave? Yes. Okay. Go for it. So our latest review, we're really grateful for when you guys give us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts because I don't think you could do it on Spotify if I'm correct, Emma. I don't think you can. I've okay. tried myself and I just don't think I couldn't find an option for it. You can rate though. Okay, but you just can't leave a review. So that's mm-hmm. what I kind of like about Apple Pods. Like if you guys are on Apple Podcasts and you want to re- leave us a review, we would love that because I just like seeing like the feedback of what people actually think who are listening. So this one says it's a five-star review. Thank you so much. This podcast is what we need. They go on to say, I'm a 1300 plus hour CFI who got a DUI six years ago and just received my special insurance approval from the FAA after years of drug and alcohol testing, psychological and neuropsychological testing, 14 weeks treatment program, weekly aftercare therapy, twice weekly AA meetings, and God knows how much money spent. The system is is broken and needs reform. I'm so thankful these girls are doing everything to help. I found this podcast a couple of days ago and I'm so grateful they're spreading the message. So they don't leave a name or anything, but Whoever wrote this, thank you so much for just like validating us and knowing that we're doing the right thing and talking about this. And thank you for sharing your little story on our reviews as well. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all your support. Um, Yeah, I know. I've noticed that we've gotten a couple reviews and our rating has gone up. So 
whoever is out there listening who has been like rating and reviewing thank you we do appreciate you okay well that's it i think that's it is that all we wanted to cover yeah okay man all right y'all well that is it for this week's episode thank you so much for tuning in um as always keep the blue side up and the brown side down we'll see y'all next week When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.